three weeks now. God had laid the burden of the sins in my heart. Particularly as I travel around the world. From one nation to the other. There's a big complaint of what is called recession. Everybody say that. I didn't hear you. This is English speaking country. And one night, particularly as I heard it announced on CNN, that America is in severe recession. So I went to God in prayer. And I said, God, if God's own country can be in recession, if Great Britain can be in recession, God, please, don't let it come here where I am. Because we already have enough. And the Lord said to me, plain and clear, recession means turning your back to your source. When God Almighty is no more the supplier of all your needs, when your job become your faith that that is what we give you, what you need, you're in recession. When your bank account become your power, you look at the money you have in the bank, and you put your trust in it. And the money begin to drop. That's recession. And God said to me, wherever you go from March 1st, tell my children, they will only suffer recession when they turn their back to me. And all who turn to me will never be a part of the story. Of recession. Open your ears. And hear what I have to say tonight. The fact that you live. In civilized nation. Doesn't make God come closer. As a matter of fact. There are more crimes. In civilized nation. Than in poor countries. I was telling. Brother Peter and Dr. Reed. And the rest this afternoon. Sometimes I thank God. We, you call the third world, are not first world. Because you have problems we have never heard about. You are so civilized that your problem is complicated. <laughs> thank God. Many times I thank God for poverty. Not because I'm happy in it, because I don't have it. But, you know, when you make a God out of your education, and make a God out of your business. And make a God out of your city. And make a God out of your roads. You forget that one man in charge of everything. But thank God. He's teaching the world now. 1960. We had four superpowers. Great Britain. Germany. Russia and United States. 
by 1970, it was dropping to two and a half superpower. It's long now the word Great Britain was pronounced last. Great Britain dropped from superpower. Germany dropped from superpower. Then by 1980, you hear United Nations say, the two superpowers, the two superpowers. And three years ago, God told me, superpower was not going to be too long. Are you listening to me tonight? Last year, one out of the second superpower faded to oblivion. And that superpower finished. Remaining one superpower. And I asked them in America last week, if America is a superpower, who is she going to fight? <laughs> because you are not a superpower when you have nobody to fight. Did you hear what I'm saying? You can't say I'm a superpower if there's an opponent. If there's no opponent, the world have lost the word superpower. The only superpower we have now is Jesus Christ. Amen. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. So I've come here tonight to this family church in Penel to talk to you about one area in your life and my life we neglect so much that area of life we do not always remember it exists. And that is clinging to God in time of hardship. When the whole world turned against God, when the whole world live in utter confusion and know not what to do, the Holy Spirit told me, tell your hearers, if the world breaks down, the saints should break forth for joy. Because the condition of health is going to grow worse for the worldly. Only those in Christ will be happier every day because they are going to learn more to anchor on God and say, God, I used to make this job my God. I have found out that my employer is in trouble. If my employer is in trouble, I'm in trouble too. Therefore, if my employer is complaining, I'm supposed to complain. But now that I have God, I learn to lean on God and God become my source. So God gave me a message that I do not want to jump up and down to preach it tonight. I don't want to roll on the floor. But just in case you are one of those who came here for healing while I preach tonight, take your healing there. I saw Dr. Reed ask you, how many of you are here for miracles? I saw many hands. I also saw him ask, how many of you want joy tonight? And I want to ask that question. How many of you want joy? Keep your hand up if you want joy. How many of you want victory? God. Thank God for you. Only me. I don't want victory tonight. 
I don't want joy. Ask me why. I didn't hear you. Why? I have too much. <laughs> you don't look for what you have. You don't go out searching for joy when the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. You don't go looking for healing when you are well. You do not go about asking for victory when you are already more than conqueror. I have to teach our choir a song to sing. We used to sing in the choir with tears in our eyes. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench the thirsty of my soul. We will sing it and cry and cry. And one day the Lord asked me, Do you need a glass of water? <laughs> I have given you a ministry to go around the world. How many people can you bath with this one? If I fill it up for you. And he said, Turn to your Bible to John chapter 7. Don't read it. And I said, Yes, Lord. And when I got there, I saw where the Bible says, Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And God said, how do you have river? And I apply for a cup. <laughs> Did you hear what I'm saying? How can you be carrying millions of gallons of water and drums and carrying rivers within you and coming to the church in tears to beg me to fill your cup? And he said, draw out of what you have. You can bless your generation. Amen. Then I thanked him for showing me that. And that night when the prayer really went serious, I began to sing. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. How many of you have sang that song before? You love it? Yes. Say yes. yes. I know. I'm going to catch you. <laughs> and the Lord says, son, you have little light. I said yes. He said, I thought you are the light of the world. How can you be light to the world and be a little light? So I remove, fill my cup. I remove this little light of mine. Then one song I love most. Tell the whole world and give me Jesus. Tell the whole world and give me Jesus. And he said, the only property you have, you are telling the world to come and take from you. The world already have the world with them. And the only thing you have as my servant is me. You are asking the world to give me to you. When I sent you to go and give me to them. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying to you? What is the greatest need in the world today? To give Jesus to the world. And we are singing in the church, take the whole world, and world, give me Jesus. And the world does not have Jesus to give us. And the only thing we have, we are asking the world to give us. So, 
I removed that from my song. Why are you hearing me tonight? I took that away. Then the song, soon and very soon. And the Lord, the Lord said to me, I asked you to occupy till I come. Why do you want to go soon and very soon? Now, if you fly away, and I'm coming down, if our flight misses on the way, who are you going to meet in heaven? So I remove soon and very soon to become occupied till I come. Then I fly away. Lazy people fly away. Godly people stay to do the work. Are you here with me tonight? That's five songs I have removed. From my head, I don't fly away. I stand and say, devil, come, and I teach you a lesson. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. No sooner, very soon. The Bible didn't say you should come quickly. Jesus said, behold, I come quickly. Now, if you are going to go quickly, when you get there, tell him I'm still here. <laughs> don't go away. Say amen. amen. Matthew chapter 14. Verse 22. Straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him onto the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. I have spent one week preaching on who are the disciples and who is a multitude. Why did Jesus constrain the disciples and dismiss the multitude? In a church like this one, are you a disciple or a multitude? How do I know a multitude? Multitude in a church come to sit on a chair arranged. Disciples arrange it. Multitude come late and go first. Disciples come first and go last. Multitude complain. Disciples compliment. Multitude come to collect miracles. Multitude give a miracle. Multitude give offering. Disciples pay tithe. Multitude are concerned about the household of God. Disciples are concerned. And multitude complain. Multitude come to find fault. Disciples come to find what to do. Disciples say... Here am I, send me. Much to say, I have gone. If you need me, call for me. <laughs> Much to say, I used to be in that church. Disciple says, when this work started, I was there. Multitude prostitutes. Disciples proclaim. And the church today is full of multitude than disciples. <laughs> multitude 
come for bread and fish. Disciples come to give their life. Disciples come to serve. Disciples come to give. Disciples meet the need. Disciples offer their time. Disciples sweep the floor. Multitude march on it. Who are you in the house of God? Multitude are those that can jump from one ministry to the other. Disciples are the ones that stay to build a ministry. And God told me, tell my church it's time to turn from one of the multitudes to the disciples that help to build the kingdom of God. Amen. When bread and fish is over, multitudes go away. Disciples wait to clean the floor. Are you a disciple or a multitude? Listen, my Bible said, when the crusade was over, straightway, Jesus constrained the disciples, let's go over to the other side. Disciples go to the other side. Multitude end this side. Disciples are constrained to go. Disciples are dismissed to leave. Why? Multitude don't become part of miracle. You only come to collect. Why did he send the multitude away? Many times, God have no confidence on the multitude. Multitudes are seeking for signs. Disciples are walking signs. Is somebody hearing me tonight? He sent the multitude away. He constrained. He constrained the disciples. He forced them and said, go to the other side. Let's look at the Bible. Verse 22. Straightway. Straightway. And straightway. He constrained his disciples to get into a ship. They were commanded, get into a ship. Go over to the other side. Go before me. Why he sent the multitudes away. And the Bible says in verse 23, and when he had sent the multitudes away, repeated, when he had sent the multitudes away, say that after me. Say it after me. Say it again. Say it again. He went up into a mountain apart to pray. Listen to the division and the dividing of this group. The multitude sent away. Disciples sent forward. Jesus went to the mountain. Jesus went higher. The disciples went forward. The multitude went backward. Picture it with your head and your eyes. Ask yourself, if I were there that day, will he send me away 
or send me forward. For how many years have you been here? What forward journey have you made? I want to say this. Jesus will never send you to danger zone without him observing you where you are. He went to the mountain top. He sent them to go over. And I want to say this. No man or woman that God told to go over can go under. Did somebody hear what I said? God cannot send you over and you go over and go under. When God sends you over, you will arrive there. I said you will arrive there. I'm saying you will arrive there. I said you will arrive there. If the Lord is the one that sent you forward, no demon will stop you halfway. Well, let's read verse 24 together. One to go. Say it loud. I didn't hear you. Read the next word to it. Say it. Toss with. Complete it. Good. That's what. That's that's okay. That's that's all I'm here for tonight. Meet C. The place of decision. When the ship was now in the midst of the sea, midway on the trip, the devil struck. For every dream you dream, for every vision you have, the devil will not oppose it when your ship is anchored. Devil never attack those who stand still. He only attacked those going forward. He never, he never bother you when you are sleeping doing nothing for God. He only challenges you when you make a move. Why does the devil not trouble people who stand still and doing nothing? Because they have no testimony. Why does he not disturb those who have not started anything? Because if he disturbs them, they will not start. So he allows you to start first. Maybe business. Maybe marriage. When you see a girl, if you are not married, not me, I'm married, I'm saying myself. <laughs> and you love her, you call her honey, you call her mango, you call her sweet. <laughs> The devil doesn't bother what you call your fancy. It's after you have wedded. And she's packed to your house. And you admit sea. The trial come. The devil knows that if he brings quarrel while you are still cutting, you cancel it. And no offense. But after you have sworn, 
till death do us part. For better, for worse. The devil said, fine. Did you really say so? <laughs> or did you say, for better we stay, for worse we divide. And that is the problem in civilized nation. I'm told almost three out of ten marriages in civilized nation hit the rock before seven years. And I'm so glad we are not as civilized yet in third world. We are still one out of one thousand marriages. Admit see, say that to everybody. Say it again. The sheep was tossed with waves. What are some of the plans you have in life that you are now in mid-sea of your life? Tossed with the wave of life. What decision have you taken and halfway the wave of life is shaking your boat of confidence. God told me there are five reasons why the devil wait first for you to get to meet sea before he troubles you. He said to me, reason number one is to cause you distraction. When you are no more attracted, when you are no more enjoying what you are doing, you begin to be saying, why am I here? What is my purpose of being here? Who appreciates me? I sing night and day. I spend my money to come to church. I spend my money to sew my dress. I spend, I spend. If the devil can give you distraction, he can give you direction. Does somebody hear what I'm saying? Do you know that when people come to church to look for healing, many of them are not concerned of what is preached. They are waiting for miracle time. They are not concerned about commitment. They are not concerned about conviction. They are not concerned. They are not. They, are, they have no interest. Preacher, finish your preaching. Give me my miracle so I can go. That's the mercy of their life. That's where trial. Is and God told me if the enemy can distract you, he can destroy you. Don't be distracted, don't go back to Egypt. Don't say to Moses, We are better off in Egypt because we have three square meals a day. Egypt may give you meal, but he will never give you God, and you need God. More than food. How many will say amen to that? At Missy, the devil struck. The wind came. The wave came. The ship was shaking. Why? The devil wants you, number two, to lose your confidence on the God who called you. He knows that if you lose confidence in God, you can trust nobody. Are you hearing me? Years ago, when I first met this servant of God, the devil 
the worldly, the sinners, never told me how bad he was. It was pastors who told me. You are in danger zone. Stay far from Reed. And I said, God, I've heard them. Leaders of big denomination in UK. So I went to my room. I bowed my knee. I said, God, these people are hosting me. They've told me that that man is terrible. What do I do? God said, draw near him. <laughs> I said, God. He said, there's something I put in him that they are afraid of. And the Lord told me that this, this man was rude, rugged, <laughs> fearless, rough. And he said, if you become his brother, your life and his life will work for my kingdom. Amen. So, Amen. When, they, when the men called me to lunch, they said, has your friend gone? I said, the Lord told me not to let him go. <laughs> they say, you know what that means? Read is bad. I said, I'm worse. <laughs> God is looking for bad people to repair. You didn't hear what I said. God is looking for terrible people to make terrific. <laughs> That's why for years, I became his friend. Because he's terrible. I want God to make him terrific. <laughs> Did you hear what I'm saying? Mitzi is a place of decision. Mitzi is a place of choice. God will allow you to get there first. And what the devil is going to tell you at Mitzi is to say to you, you see where you are going? Everybody say Mitzi. Mitzi. Say Mitzi. Say it again. Try it one more time. Let me show you what I mean by Mitzi. This is the bank of the river. Get up, sir. This is where you started. Come here. Stand here. That's where God asked you to go. And this is where you are coming from. He never disturbs you when you are here. Why? If he disturbs you, you will not move. This is very safe. If you stand here and God says, move forward, and the sheep shake, you are going to jump out. I say, praise God. I have not started. <laughs> and many good godly people have visions and program big and magnificent but as soon as they decide to step out by faith the little breeze not the wind not the storm yet not the cyclone I'm just talking about ah! what they run back and once you slide you backslide when you doubt where God press you, you complain against it. And more than any time else in your life is when you admit sin. And God told me, 
tell my people, if you are in mid-sea of any vision or dream, it takes the same energy to go back as it takes to go forward. Why not die moving forward than to die turning back? <laughs> Did you hear what I'm saying? Yes. It is better rescuers rush to save you while you are making an attempt to go forward than to turn to go back. And I pray today, no matter what is confronting you in life, at the mercy of your life. Whatever we send you back, may God let that thing kill you in the middle. I told God that one last week. Anything that will send me back to Egypt and let me say, who is God? After 33 years and 3 months, I said, God, kill me than to let me go back to the world again. Is somebody hear the prayer I prayed for myself? It takes the same energy, brother, to turn to go here and to move and go here. Somebody say hallelujah. At Missy, the wind struck. I said, God, why? He said, Missy is a place of choice. It's the only place you can choose. Yeah. Or here. Here. You passed it already. Have you never seen people tell you for the last six months I've been passing through fire? Have you seen people tell you that? I've been passing through trial for the last three months. A pastor told me this in Atlanta last Sunday. He said, Archbishop, I need your prayer. I said, why? He said, for the last three months. I've been passing through severe fire. I said, congratulations. <laughs> he said, what? I said, you were able to pass through fire for three months. I've never tried it one week. <laughs> Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. If God can take you through fire for three months, he can take you to eternity the rest of your life. I said, he said, what are you congratulating me for? I said, brother, you passed through. You didn't stop there. If you didn't pass through, you would have been dead. But God is merciful. He saw you through. And if he had led you through so far, he will lead you to the end. Amen. How many will say amen to that one? Missy is a place of choice. Missy is where God asks you. That is where Satan asks you, whom will you obey from now? And if you obey God, he will lead you to the end. If you obey the devil, you are going to turn back. And I said, God, why? Why Missy? He said, Missy is a place you choose. Either to continue to please God when no man is saying thank you. Or to be angry that no man said thank you and leave God. 33 years ago, February 4th. January 4th, 1959, when I came to Christ, I didn't know the journey would last as long as this. I didn't know I was going to be a preacher. I only had come and follow me. 
and I came forward. Nobody gave me a promise of a car, a house, a wife, a child, or money. I was so stupid that I didn't ask questions. But thank God I didn't ask questions. Because if God has asked me, how much will you, what much will I pay you? I would have said 10 pounds. Or 20 pounds. Or 1,000 pounds. And for the work he gave me today, 10 pounds couldn't have done it. <laughs> but he closed my mouth, closed my ears, took my hand, since I started to learn to walk with God, I found that there's no storm that confronts you that God cannot lift you out of. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? <laughs> Since God is building a new church, He's looking for those who will obey Him when the wind is heavy. He's looking for those who will say, Lord, I see it. But I know you sent me. Reason number five. Why the devil tempts you at mercy. The Lord told me. So you can turn your back against God. When God is no more leading you and you lead yourself. You are going to destruction. And God doesn't want us to lead ourselves. At mercy. Maybe you came here for healing. They sang first song. They sang the second one. Now you are missing. You are saying, where is the miracle? I'm glad to tell you, you are not far away. God is coming to meet you at mercy. He never abandoned those he sent forward. Verse 25 said, let's read this now. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. Somebody say, walking on the sea. Walking on the Everybody say that. Walking on the I didn't hear you. Walking on the I said, I didn't hear you. Walking, walking on, the on the sea. There's only one prime minister in the whole world. Who can walk on top of our troubled water? His name is Jesus. At the fourth watch, when no brother, no sister, no friend saw the disciples, Jesus, who sent them, saw them. Have you ever reached a stage in your life when husband was not big enough to help you. Wife is not big enough to help you. Have you ever had a fought watch of your life? When either in time of sickness. At the time you thought you were going to improve. Suddenly. Your nerves begin to collapse. When doctors look at you and say we've done all we know to do. But our best is not good enough. That's the time you and I need a Jesus who will come down from mountain to walk to us and say to us, Be not afraid. Be of good cheers. It is 
We have a God who will come now no matter how high the hill is. Brother, I say this to you by the Holy Spirit. Jesus is about to walk towards you. He's going to walk towards you. He's coming near you. Whether you make effort or not, very soon, God is going to intervene in certain areas of your life where your effort has been made and it seems no progress. I see Jesus coming down from his mountain, walking towards you. He saw them when Christ is hid. Many times you and I look as if God has abandoned us. The David said, I was young. Now I am old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. At the fourth watch of the night, medical doctors will tell you. The easiest time to die is 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. That's when all the nerves collapse. When your pulse can hardly beat. As a matter of fact, anybody who wants to die should pray to die that time. <laughs> because you struggle so less and give up so quickly. It was that time of life when all nerves, all system, every human sense have been put to use. Sometimes you put your best money to market. And when you think it's going to improve, it collapses. And I'm here to tell you about the authority of the word of God. When anything you are doing is trying to go down, and the wind is shaking you so much, take your eye from the tossing wind. Look behind the wind. There's Jesus coming to you. The master is not far away. That's why the wind is so heavy now. The master is not far away anymore. That's why the enemy is trying to give you confusion and tell you. Where is your God? I am saying to the devil every time. If you ask me the question 200 times, I will answer you 201 times. Jesus is coming towards me. Everybody say that. Jesus is coming towards me. Put your hand in your chest and say it. He's walking near me. He's He's not far away. He sees me. No matter how dark. He's coming near me. Stand up and talk with me. Stand up, stand up, stand up. My Bible says, at the fourth watch of the night, between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m., When the enemy knew there was no one they could shout to in the front, at the back, and the side, at the front, behind, or in the front, on top or bottom. He thought that was the easiest time to kill. But the devil never knew, Dr. Reed, that Jesus was on top of the mountain. And I'm glad to tell you 
in the face of your toughest storm, God is looking down from heaven. When he gets to a stage where you can no more look up or look back, and if you look around everywhere around you, and God is seeming far away, I prophesy to you that God who called you is coming near you. My Bible said, at the fourth watch of the night, Jesus, Jesus came walking on the sea. Jesus, listen to this. At this time I'm talking, brother, they had no voice to cry to God. And God didn't wait for them to cry to him before he started walking towards them. That's miracle. That's miracle. When I haven't sent for you to come and rescue me, and you start coming to me, that's a miracle. Answer to prayer is good. But no prayer and great result is greater. Did somebody hear what I'm saying tonight? When your head is so bowed, and all your friends begin to mock at you, you sold out to follow Jesus. If at that same moment, when you are about confused to say, what am I really doing here? What did God send me here for? If only you can clean your eyes, the master is not far away. He's coming towards you. Jesus came walking I like the word. And Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. My question is, how was Christ able to walk on what was about to kill them? My answer is, because he made water. Water have no power over him. My question is, why is it that it's always at the fourth watch that the devil hit? My answer is, if he didn't hit you that time, you will not know how big your God is. Amen. But thank God, when danger comes close, God walks near. Amen. May I hear you say hallelujah, hallelujah? It doesn't matter how dark the night is, God sees you. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how terrible. The pain looks like now. The healer is near you. I see him tonight. About to stretch his hand. To catch you. And to say this simple word. He walking. Went unto them. Why did Jesus. Not look for a ship. At 4 a.m. There were no captains. And there were no sheep. Why did he not say, Disciples! Disciples! Hello! I wanted to come, but no way! Bye-bye! God knows that there are many areas of your life if he refused to intervene, that's your end. 
And God is not mocked. God is not mocked. I commit to you the spirit of faithfulness. Catch it. The vision is from God. You are not in the wrong place. You are not doing the wrong thing. It is God who sent you. And when it gets darker than you expected, look out. The master is walking towards you. Somebody say amen. Amen. Verse 25 said, listen to this. Verse 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. Verse 27 said, but Jesus, straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, it is I. Be of good cheers. It is I. Be not afraid. God is saying, Be of good cheers. Be of good cheers. When it looks as if everything is going down, be of good cheers. Years ago, we were putting up a big building. I've told the story before. I knew to do was done. And that building refused to move forward. Over two million pounds put in it refused to go forward because prices of things are 20 times more in Africa than here because we have money. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Every, we fasted, we prayed. Every door closed. And I said, God, You've never done this before. The building is just at its decking. What am I going to do? I prayed first day, no answer. Seven days, no answer. Fourteen days, no answer. Twenty-one days, fasting, no answer. I locked myself in the room. I said, God, if you don't speak today, I'm not coming out. And I was crying. And suddenly I heard God say, Son, have you finished? <laughs> I said, finish what? He said, doing what you are doing? I said, yes, Lord. He said, you have been telling everybody, come and see my beauty. Come and see what I'm doing. He said, you never told anybody, come and see what God is doing. That's why I decided that you should finish it. I told you I will build my church. And you have decided to build it. Oh. Is that what I did? I said, Lord, I give your church back to you. <laughs> you finish it. <laughs> and I give you glory. Amen. Guess what? When I removed my hands, he put his hands. And the building finished. I say he finished. I say it finished. It finished. Somebody say hallelujah. What mid-sea are you today? 
What is the water you are battling at the middle? The Lord sent me to tell you. Be of good cheers. Be of good cheers. Be of good cheers. You and your wife know some of our buses and our trailer we carry people with. We convey to our headquarter church average of 2 million people every year to the headquarter church with buses. The best bus we have. December 29th that bus is supposed to carry about 60 passengers. Our children leaders put 300 children in a 60-seater bus to take them on excursion. 15 miles after Benin, they were climbing mountain and the devil set fire on the bus with 300 children. Guess what? All the 300 children came out, not one bunt. The bus was lost. And when they came to tell me, I was shattered. I told my wife, I said, honey, I'm in pain. I didn't even remember they said 300 children were there. I said, that bus, gone. Oh, the bus? <laughs> that bus? Oh, bus is gone. Oh, that bus. And again, the Lord said to me, It's not your bus, it's my bus. <laughs> and yesterday, on my way coming to London, I bought a better, bigger bus for them. <laughs> if the enemy wants you sad, tell him, Jesus said to me, be of good cheers. I love what you said tonight. Make your life cheerful. Don't sadden your spirit. <laughs> And every time I remember this scripture, it's from the mouth of Christ. Whatever you are doing for God, brothers and sisters, be of good cheer. When you maintain and learn the life of good cheers, you can hardly be sick. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. A merry heart good. It worketh like medicine. No tablet can cure sorrow. But the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. I don't know what mitzi you are. Maybe just one single person. The Lord made his servant to ask me to come for. And you are in the misty of your business. You are in the misty of your vision. God asked me to tell you, don't go back. If you can't move forward, stay where you are, because Jesus is coming to take you forward. Amen. 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 Amen.
instead of going back, stand still. For they that wait upon the Lord renew their strength. Are you hearing me? Instead of talking wrong, keep quiet. Hear me. Hear me. God sent me here. Maybe just for one person. About taking decision of going back. The Lord asked me to tell you. You are not going to die. The sea will not swallow you. Jesus is coming towards you. Join hand with someone on your left and right. Join hand with someone. Find someone to join your two hands with. Where is your mid-sea in life? Is it in business? Is it in marriage? Where is your mid-sea? Where is that wind shaking you most? Where is the water tossing you so heavily? Is it in your heart? Is it in your head? Is it at your feet? How severe is the wind? Holy Spirit asked me to tell you, you are not sinking. Christ is coming. Your crisis will soon have a stop. Because Christ is the bridge over troubled water. Amen. Did somebody hear what I'm saying? Yes. Where is your mid-sea? Who is the person that God asked me to tell? Don't go back. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ have made you free. You are in the middle. Yes, but God is on top. And because God is on top, you can't go to the bottom. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God is saying your wind will soon cease. Your storm will soon be over. Don't go back. Don't go back. I want you to do something. That's what we do at home. We normally take people's two hands and I say pray for one another. And the Bible commands us. Pray ye for one another that ye may be healed. I want you to separate your hand now. Pick somebody. Don't let it be your wife. Pick somebody you don't know too much. I mean, not somebody you came together. Because sometimes, listen to me before you pray. Sometimes you know people so much that you, you have no courage to pray boldly from your heart. But pick somebody tonight. A word is going to flow out of your mouth that somebody at mid-sea will be rescued tonight. Take someone's two hands face to face. And pray for one another. Do so now. Take someone. Take someone. Take someone. Look for someone you know need you. Find someone with problem that needs an answer. Find someone with sickness that needs healing. Find someone with sorrow that needs joy. Take someone's hand. Take someone's hand. Take someone's hand. Pray. Pray. Look for someone. Look for someone. Open your mouth. Don't pray fearful prayer. Pray fearless prayer. Pray. Ask someone, what, do you, what can I pray for you about? Ask question. Get the answer. Then pray for somebody. Open your mouth. Please. Take this many seeders. Take your 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 seeders.
Deliverance tonight. Deliverance tonight, Lord. Rescue your people tonight. From the storm and misty. Show your power from the mouth of this your servant. Do a quick walk tonight. Glorify your name. Glorify your name. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. Everyone say amen. amen. <coughs> Let me hear you say amen. amen. Find your way back to your seat and sit down. Please stop movement, please. Let's honor God. Let's honor God. Maybe you are here tonight. You've been in the church, but you've never been in Christ. There's no difference between you and those in the world. Maybe you are in the church, but there's a habit the devil has attacked your life with and attached it to you for years. Every time you try to lose grip and get out of that situation, it gets worse. And you don't know what to do to be free from this habit. And it has become a sin and stigma. But you want to say to me tonight, preacher, I need deliverance and I need help. If there's anything that binds you and you want to be free, I'm not talking of the sick now. I'm talking of anybody with habit, either smoking, drinking, whatever it is. But it has become a stigma and sin. And you know that if Jesus were to come tonight, you could not make heaven because of that habit. Could I ask you with no shame, just say the whole, sir, thank God for sending you. I want to be free tonight. May I ask you to come here and stand before me right now. If there's any habit, Disturbing your faith and your life. Rush here right now. And you alone know what I'm talking about. You know what that thing is. You've been trying your best. Every time you move forward, that can pull you back. This is your night of freedom. Brother, can you take that chair away? Put it here. Thank you. I know there are over 20 of you tonight who want to be free and free indeed. You know what I'm talking about. You know it. You know inside your heart. That thing is the rope that pulls you back every time. You want to be free. The thing said to you, no, you are not yet. Not yet. But you do not want to remain in the cling of the enemy. I want you to come here right now. Oh, you say, I've been in the church. That's not what I'm asking you. I'm in the choir. That's not the question. I'm asking you, what is that thing if you were to die tonight will stop you from making heaven? Can't you lose yourself from that chain? And say, God, I hear your voice. Oh, I never took it as serious. But tonight, I want to be free absolutely. Because the Bible says, if the Son of Man make you free, you are free indeed. I want you to get up. No shame. Nobody. This is God's house. It's a house of freedom. It's a place of absolute deliverance. Get up and come here right now. And we are going to pray with you. That's more than sickness. Because sickness can kill you and make you die on time. But sin can hold you. And you may not know. Let that habit take hand out of you. Come forward right now. I was telling somebody not too long ago, aid is more kind than poverty. 
When age come, it gives you 10 years, you will die. But when poverty come, you enjoy it. You first of all start with, it's okay, it doesn't matter, I'm a child of God. But later you begin to enjoy it. That's the same thing with sin. Sin come gradually. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, one day it matters. What is the habit binding you? God sent me to set you, not to condemn you. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn, I come to release my people. The Holy Spirit told me two areas to minister tonight. Set those bound by habit free so they can have the flow of the anointing of the Holy Spirit forever. At least about four more of you that need to get up there now and join. I say, I thank God for talking to me. I want to be free and free indeed. Move forward here, please. Thank you. Come closer. The reason you are coming out is not because you are the worst. But you just want your life to be straight with God. No hindrance. No blockage in the pipe of the Holy Spirit. That's why you are out tonight. And when the Son of Man does it, He does it free of charge. No bill, no charges, but free indeed. Thank God for you. Thank God for you. Thank God for you. Come closer, come closer, come closer. That's good. Is there anyone more who say that, who's I hear you? I've been waiting for this day to say bye-bye to the devil once and for all. I want to be free and free indeed. Thank God for Christ. It's not by the works of righteousness we have done. It's by grace we are saved. That's why. Everywhere I've been to in the world, 105 nations, I have confessed more than anyone else in my life. Every day I pray sinner's prayer. Just in case, oh God, there's anything I don't even know about. But I just want my life to be free and flow with you. This is that night. It's freedom night. It's freedom night. Will you join your hand with somebody? Right now? What a great day to be alive. When this is not your memorial night, it's a day you will remember. You are going to be able to say on the 24th day of March I was free indeed. Say after me. My dear Father in heaven let it come from the pit of your stomach. My dear Father in heaven I thank you that you called me out tonight to make my life straight with you. I confess Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior, the deliverer of my soul. Tonight, I invite him to wash my soul with his blood to cleanse me. Make me a new creation. Oh God. I repent. Of all my faults. And weaknesses. Jesus. Because of your blood. Make me a new creation tonight. Wash me. Make me clean. Thank you Lord. With my mouth. I confess 
Jesus died for me. He rose for me. By his stripes, I am healed. By his blood, I'm forgiven. Thank you, Lord. I'm washed tonight. I am now a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new from this day and forevermore. Everybody say amen. Amen. I thank you, eternal Father, for giving your life for these ones. By the authority in your word, that whom I set free on earth is free in heaven. I declare them free and loose and command them cleansed and made whole. From the crowns of your head to the soles of your feet, your blood make them whole. Now, in Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Amen. I'm going to ask you to go home. Open your eyes, look at me. This is one of the greatest opportunities you've ever had in your life. When you personally make personal peace with God, and that thing that troubled you before shall trouble you no more. Can I hear you say amen? amen. Say loud, I am free indeed. From now, I am loose in the name of Jesus. Amen.